Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another post-game podcast for Orange Fizz, Syracuse football against Wake Forest at home this past weekend. My name is David Edelstein. I'm alongside Tim Leonard. Once again, right off the bat, please follow our posts at orangefizz.net. You'll get a lot of recruiting content, post-game content, predictions there from the Fizz staff, as well as following us on Twitter at Orange Fizz, on Facebook at Orange Fizz, and get your Fizz radio and podcasts on iTunes, also at Orange Fizz. Tim, good morning to you. Good morning, David. A, a tough loss for the Syracuse football program yesterday, but you know what? I guess I guess there's still hope that they'll make a bowl game, but a lot to talk about today, given that how big of a difference that second half was yesterday. And that's definitely going to be something that we hit on. The chances for the rest of the season, throughout the season, kind of in ups and downs. Interesting losses to teams like Middle Tennessee. Interesting wins against teams like Clemson. And now we're hitting the stretch where teams are kind of at the same level as Syracuse. It comes down to the little things such as injuries and plays. But you're right. The second half of this football game just seemed like a completely different team. This was actually the first game ever in Dino Baber's coaching history where his team lost a game after they were winning at the end of the third quarter. Yeah, and just so demoralizing for the program because if you look at last year, it's now just basically the same season as last year at this point. They were 4-4 four and four last year. Eric Dungy gets hurt. This year they're 4-4. Four and four. Eric Dungy gets hurt in that Florida State game. He comes back, but they end up losing, and now... Here Syracuse is 4-6 and six with an uphill battle to a bowl game. And it's so demoralizing because I know this team is better than last year just by watching them and how they played in the big games. You know, last year against teams like Clemson, they lost 54 to nothing. This year, they're, you know, they won the game against Clemson, which feels like an eternity ago now, four weeks later, but after three losses. But this team's just not proving that they're any different from last year. And it seems like it's kind of deja vu all over again, unfortunately, is now... Zach Mahoney might be starting these last two games with Syracuse's bowl chances and slim and none, really. Yeah, my key to the game coming into this game against Wake Forest was that Eric Dungey needed to play. He is such a keystone to the offense, leading the team in rushing and, of course, leading the team in passing, really bringing together the two top wide receivers on the Syracuse team and guys who have led in yards and receptions around the NCAA this year in Steve Ishmael and Irv Phillips. But Eric Dungey was on the sidelines to start this game I was surprised that he made it this far into the season uninjured, not because of uh, play calling or anything like that, but just because the past two years we've seen him and quarterbacks before him get injured so early into the Syracuse season. This is definitely looking like last year, like you said, a 4-6 and six record now. Now you have to win the last two games of the season to get up to six wins. Last year only getting to four also, so you're playing against Louisville next week, which is something tough, and then you've got to win against Boston College, and these now have become must wins. And I'm looking at the field, and when Zach Mahoney is starting these games, he's not a bad quarterback, right? Yesterday, he had 384 passing yards. It's not terrible. He puts up numbers. It's just what happens when he puts up numbers, the defense just looks awful. You look at the pick game last year and then the 64 points that Wake Forest handed Syracuse yesterday. I don't know if I've ever been to a game before where 100 or more points have been scored collectively. It's definitely interesting to yeah, watch. Yeah, it's, it's, quite, it's quite the difference from you know Big Ten football or anything like that. And I thought Syracuse was going to have more high-scoring games this year with a Dino Baber style of offense, but 
it hadn't been like this until this game. There was a lot of 30 to 27 games, 27 to 24, and now we see just the complete opposite and kind of a tale of last year with the defense lighting up 64 points. Now, Zach Mahoney looked pretty solid to me, at least through the first half of this game. He was throwing a little wildly. Every long pass I saw from him was a little bit over the, the receiver's head. Yeah. And every short pass I saw kind of as a low heater, almost like a low fastball in baseball. Devin C. Butler actually three in a row in the first quarter to him. He dropped them because they were so low on short passes from Zach Mahoney. Devin C. Butler actually went up to Zach Mahoney and was arguing with him at, at one point from that. But Zach yeah. Mahoney, I thought, was pretty solid in the, in the first half. I think that in the second half, it came down to the fact that the defense just disintegrated and there was some questionable play calling going on. Yeah, and there was more pressure on him to deliver and he did not play as good in the second half. And I think you hit the nail right on the head when you said that Eric Dungy was the key to this game and his health because I think the Florida State game even proved this. When Mahoney came in for a quarter in the Florida State game, the offense didn't look the same. And when Dungy came back, they started to you know, get clicking again. And, and it seemed like Eric Dungy really is the MVP of this team. He might be even one of the biggest and most important players in the entire conference at this point. And when you don't have him, we've seen it. Syracuse is just a completely different team. Definitely a dual threat, almost a triple threat sometimes when he's passing the ball off and then going down to be a wide receiver. So this guy leading the NCAA in, in passing yards, is uh, he's in the top of the, the reins among quarterbacks. But in the second half, there was some questionable calling, not only... Uh, don't not putting all of the pressure on the defense to make the plays, but there was some questionable offensive play calling. I thought starting off the f- the fourth quarter, Syracuse did have the ball. They were up forty three, uh, two forty because they had just returned the yeah, field goal, which that was crazy that was, play. <laughs> and and that is the only reason why they were up at the end of the third quarter. Right, giving Dino Babers this now weird stat that now he's lost one game in his career after leading because it, it, technically if the field right. PAT was fine, would have been tied. But some questionable play calling. They Syracuse starts off the fourth quarter with three passes down to the end zone. One down to the left, one down to the right. These are like 30, 40 yard passes. And then another one down the field. All of them incomplete. And then it just winds up fourth down and they're they're trying to kick. Cole Murphy comes out, misses a fifty one yarder. Yeah. And it seemed like kind of a lot of the offense was banged up. You know, Ishmael was limping at one point during the game. Strickland went to the locker room, and they just didn't have it in the second half. They seemed wear down. And talk about questionable questionable play calling, that Rex Culpepper fourth down situation where he came onto the field for a weird play that wasn't even really a trick play. It was He was come on, he came on the field late, and it just seemed disorganized. And for such a pivotal play, you'd hate to see that. You'd almost rather just burn a timeout if you see the game clock going down in such a pivotal moment. But it seemed like the offense just wasn't the same. You, know, you only put up five points, and two of those were that two-point conversion run back on the blocked extra point. So just not the same offense we're seeing, but more importantly, it was the defense. Just eight possessions for Wake Forest in that second half and eight scores on every single drive. They moved the ball at will. I agree with you 100% that the defense really just fell apart in the second half. They outscored Syracuse 40-5, to and that's partially on the offense for not scoring, but when you're losing momentum so quickly, it's hard to get back out there and go again. Of course, there were two interceptions right after the questionable call uh, play calls we were just talking about, that drive where Syracuse went three and out eventually down the line and starting off the fourth quarter. Next drive, another uh, an interception from Zach Mahoney that was brought back, and Wake Forest just kept piling up the scores. Something else on defense, though, was both fourth downs that Wake Forest had and attempted on, as well as a first down later in the game, they had a quarterback run around the, around the side. They pretended to hand off the ball to the running back, 
And the quarterback for Wake Forest just went around the side and touchdown on each all, all three of those. Yeah, it seems like Syracuse's defensive kryptonite is dual-threat quarterbacks at this point. We saw Lamar Jackson last year, and unfortunately Lamar Jackson is next up on Syracuse's calendar, the Louisville quarterback, but John Wofford just had his best game of his career, six total touchdowns, and he was doing whatever he wanted, and when the Syracuse defense goes up against guys that can attack you from both angles, they've really struggled in the Dino Babers era. And it's interesting that you mentioned that, Tim, because at one point toward the end of the game, I thought Wake Forest was almost trying to pull off the fast orange offense move against Syracuse itself. I saw them toward the end just kind of doing a fast-paced offense, not doing any substitutions, and Syracuse looked like it was struggling against an offense that was trying to mimic what it does itself. Yeah, Dino Babers even said that before the game, that they have a lot of athletes and they've kind of changed their offense from last year to kind of model, or not model, but it it imitates sort of the Syracuse offense and has some of those Syracuse offensive attributes. So it's interesting because you think that defense would be prepared for that and in practice they're going up against an offense that's similar to that, but they just had no answer for Wake Forest yesterday. And at the end of the game, it seemed, you know, after scoring 100 points total as you get toward the end of the game, Both sides are a little bit worn out, but Wake Forest seemed to pick it up as the game went on. I mean, they knew they were down coming into the second half. They knew that they had to. Dino Babers gave another uh, speech to the fans that were at the Carrier Dome trying to get them to stay and rally them. Wake Forest came in knowing this is going to be an uphill battle. Syracuse is normally good at home, and it is dominated. As far as the field goals go with Cole Murphy, this time in this game, it wouldn't have made a difference if he made the two that he missed. Just six points was not enough to put Syracuse on top at the end of this one, where it might have been last week at Florida State. An extra six points wouldn't have put them in a last-minute situation there, last-second situation. But after missing the first field goal earlier in the game, first drive for Syracuse, do you think at all that it set up the potential that the next time Syracuse was in a medium-range, you know, 40-yard field goal attempt range, especially with Zach Mahoney being the quarterback and the field goal holder the ball holder that Syracuse could have pulled off a fake at any point yeah I mean maybe in hindsight you know I didn't really the 51 yard field goal is just tough to expect from any college kicker and it seems like Cole Murphy's had an up and down season just like the Syracuse football team and he's kind of in one of those down spots right now overall I think he's a good kicker and it's really tough to blame him for these last two losses I know he missed the pivotal kick against Florida State but he's done his job as a senior and he's been pretty good overall just didn't have his best up yesterday, and hopefully he rebounds with two games left. Yeah, I was thinking that it was possible within the 40, the 40 yards. Uh, 50 yards is kind of tough. You don't want to do a fake there and turn it over. And then kicking it, of course, tough. You might turn it over anyway, which did wind up happening. But I was thinking for me that watching the game after Cole Murphy missed that first field goal to start the game, that the next time Syracuse was in that situation, I mean, Wake Forest has probably done their research. They probably know Cole Murphy was a little bit off last week from 40 yards and out. Same thing to start off the game yesterday. So could they have, with Zach Mahoney on the field, pulled off a a fake play, just tried to get that fourth down, a little bit unconventional. And we've seen Dino Babers be unconventional in the past. Yeah, he likes to roll the dice on fourth down. So it wouldn't have surprised me. I've never seen him do like a fake punt or a fake field goal per se. So maybe it could have caught Wake Forest napping a little bit. I thought it was would have been a perfect situation with your starting quarterback on the field for every play, being that holder as well, just stand up, throw the ball or something. But as far as Syracuse's season goes, 4-6 and six now. Looking ahead, you have Louisville on the schedule, and then you have Boston College. We're talking a lot about where the season's going, looking like last year. Are the bowl chances still alive in your mind? 
They're still alive, but they're dwindling. I mean, you've got a tough game against Louisville next week against another dual-threat quarterback, and it's really time for the defense to just prove that that was a fluke and just come out and play like they have leading up to that Wake Forest game. I mean, they really hadn't shown any signs of that. Brian Ward, the defensive coordinator, was getting nominated for awards, and now that looks foolish after a 64-point performance. So the defense has to step up. It starts with them, and hopefully you can get Eric Dungy healthy for Syracuse, but... It's looking tough. I don't think if Eric Dungy's out, I don't think they win either of these next two games. And Louisville in particular is going to be a really tough challenge against Lamar Jackson. The defense has been a surprise for Syracuse this year and a good surprise, especially the defensive line, a little bit more than the secondary. But without Eric Dungy, there is going to be a lot more pressure on the defense to hold the fort to allow Zach Mahoney or Rex Culpepper to come into the game and succeed with the offense. You have receivers that are ready to play, but how is that teamwork looking got to have the good passes. You have to be able to know the offense. And it seems like late in the season, just starting now, is going to be, first you have to take a few weeks to brush off the rust, and that's what the next two weeks will be. As yeah. far as, I mean, you're going in against Louisville on the road, Lamar Jackson, Heisman winner last year. It's going to be tough. And then you, the thing is that these next two games are now must-win games. You need to get to six wins. There was a question last year of whether Syracuse could have gotten in with a five-win season. Didn't happen. It will be very tough for Syracuse to make a bowl game if they don't win these next two games. And if you look at it from the beginning of the season, this has been a conversation that's been going on. After a loss to Middle Tennessee in week two, the conversation was, oh, can Syracuse make the bowl now? Like, they just lost a really tough game. You have Clemson and everyone on the schedule. Right. Then Syracuse beats Clemson, and it's like, wow, we got that win back, and we beat the national defending champion. So maybe the bowl chances are back. Yeah, and it's it's weird because now you've got Wake, Wake Forest and BC at the beginning of the year look like pretty easy wins, especially at home. And now BC's much improved, and Syracuse is on the decline. So it's just been such a crazy season because four weeks ago, bowl chances seemed very optimistic, very great after that Clemson win, and now they just look very slim. Just crazy how fast change things change for Syracuse. And it's amazing how much the team relies on one player's success, specifically the quarterback position, in order to bring them through that both running game, the passing game. And just knowing the offense and being able to encapsulate that. So going forward, it looks a little bit tough for Syracuse to make a bowl game. They would have to pull it off. But hey, I had someone sitting behind me at the game uh, against Wake Forest yesterday, and they were saying, we beat Clemson. Doesn't that mean we could beat anyone else too? So yeah. <laughs> you never know what's going to come from this team. We've at least had a fun ride watching them, and there are still two weeks left where they can surprise us once again. Yeah, anything can happen in sports. That defense just has to be much better. That's the biggest thing. Coming off the bye week, Syracuse hasn't really been dominant like they were beforehand, but maybe they could rejuvenate themselves, regroup, come in for these next two weeks, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see, but it's looking dire, but you never know. As you said, anything can happen, and I think think they can easily beat BC at home. It's just this Louisville game that really scares me next week, especially with Lamar Jackson. And it does seem to be a tradition for Syracuse to beat Boston College in the final weeks of the season come through with an impressive win, whether it means something at the end or not, hopefully this year it will. Right. Last time they made a bowl, it was a field goal winning, you know, field goal kick the last second that gave them the win over BC to finally clinch that bowl game. Haven't been back since, so maybe it'll be deja vu. We'll see. Exactly. So for all of everyone listening, to find out and keep up to date with all the recruiting news as well as where the Syracuse football team goes, also the beginning of basketball season has finally come. Follow our posts at orangefizz.net. Follow us on Twitter at OrangeFizz, Facebook OrangeFizz as well. And again, to hear these podcasts and Fizz Radio episodes, go on to iTunes and also search OrangeFizz. Once again, for Tim Leonard, my name is David Edelstein, and we'll speak to you before and after 
next week's game, Syracuse football at Louisville.